Welcome to Hermina's Unknowing, Episode 3. Every year, as each solstice and each equinox approaches, I feel drawn to the archetypes these times offer us. Generations of humans, as long as humans have existed, have sensed deep meaning in these particular times of transition and revolution. Our star, the sun, our planet, the earth, taking us through revolutions that sweep us up. It's a moment to consider the greater movements, to be sensitive. Of course, we notice those moments. We recognize them. Usually, we ritualize them. The longer I live, the more I feel that I can gather something from the recurring archetypes of these times. With the winter solstice approaching, I have been reflecting on the poetry of darkness. For someone who is not conventionally religious, I pray a lot. I remember reading something once about how a person's whole life could be a prayer. And I love that. I relate to it. As a child, I discovered that if I was afraid, and I began to sing or pray, my fear would dissipate. You could think of this as a weird habit, or a crutch, but it worked for me, and it still works. And since fear grows in fearful circumstances, it's for real. It's a technique I developed, and if what we have to fear most is actually just fear, then any sort of personal, spiritual protection that we discover to be effective is worth practicing. And this, to me, is what faith is. A so-called mirror of life. I used to think the idea of faith was a total cop-out. When anyone said, have faith, it seemed like such a platitude. It was meaningless to me. I thought it was a sort of superficial comfort blanket for religious people. But I see it really differently now. One reason is that I now see how much what I believe or what I have faith in, has a direct impact on my experiences. What I know of myself on the inside affects what happens in my life. Having faith in my own goodness and self matters in terms of integrity or honesty and also in terms of bringing about results that I would like to see. If I have faith in myself, I can trust myself, basically. I believe that I will not be haunted by bad intentions, nightmares, or dishonest actions. 
When I meditate, I have confidence that I will not be shocked by what I find in my heart. I'm safe. The sun shall not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. In difficult moments or unexpected situations, like a UFO encounter, I feel that I can also trust myself. If there's anyone who has influence over my experience, it's me. I do wonder, though, how I fit into this, how anyone does. Consciousness feels bigger than just me. The alchemists believed that intention and purity of the inner self were as important as the ritual and order of operations. That the spiritual eye requires proper intention or virtue. The idea of alchemy was not just about making gold out of other metals, but much deeper and more spiritual. Nowadays we associate it with a primitive type of chemistry, with attempts to turn base metals into gold, but it can also be interpreted symbolically. And to reduce something, for example, the self or the spirit, to its fundamental matter is a necessary process before bringing it into a better form. What is the fundamental matter of the self? Consciousness? Plato thought stars were made up of the same material that makes the human soul or psyche. A material that pervades the universe. And it was also commonly believed that the soul started with the stars before coming into human form. Maybe we are trying to reduce ourselves to that before we can become better. I definitely feel out of my depth talking about some of these things. I'm definitely no scholar of Plato. But we live at a time when anyone can read Plato. Anyone with the opportunity, motivation, and skill to access a library, audiobooks, or the internet. We have so much at our disposal. And it's kind of funny because so much is there, but having it all there clearly is not the answer. We are still pretty clueless, or at least I think I am. So many of us have been required to read Plato, to read the allegory of the cave. But many of the same academic disciplines that require it ignore Plato's unquestioning mention of the soul, or deny the existence of a soul altogether. Plato did not question the existence of a soul. It's in the allegory of the cave, and it's all over his other writing. Plato foresaw a time when a vision would be revealed of a single science, which is the science of beauty everywhere. Once again, it... 
it's all connected. But all this and so much more is there for us to read. What are we going to do with it? If a person takes a psychedelic drug, someone will probably tell them that set and setting are important. What's most important, I think, is, again, not just the current mindset, but a history of trust in oneself. So that when confronted with something new or omniscient, one can trust oneself to surrender. Knowing one will be able to embrace what happens and find many good things within it. And I will add that in order to have a psychedelic experience, it's not necessary to take a psychedelic drug. The experience is already in us, I think, accessible through various means. The faith a person has in one's reality plays a role in determining that reality, because thinking you can increases your chances of anything. But I also think it runs deeper than just being statistically influential. It's more than a numbers game. That's just a feeling I have about it. I have come to value faith in itself. This goes to the heart of some big questions, too, because we have all heard, know thyself, right? Getting to know myself has been tied up with meditation for me. And while meditation feels like going within, it also feels like connecting without. It's sort of leaving the self behind. If I can observe myself in a meditative state, what is the thing that's observing that is also me? It's broader and more important, more fundamental. Something I thought to myself often after my UFO sighting was, Wow, there sure are a lot of people asking questions about this concept, and asking for proof, and wanting to get to the bottom of it. But how many of them are actually looking for answers? While I don't foresee myself necessarily getting to the bottom of it, I do think if it's tied to the experience of consciousness, then you or I should be as capable of finding out something more as anyone else. If we're all part of the collective, all part of the greater whole, knowing thyself is knowing that greater collective consciousness. And so, can't we plumb our own depths for some answers? Why wait 
for other people to answer our questions. And I have learned a lot on this path. One of the biggest, most heavy feelings I have felt since I began to meditate more is that it's not about me and it's not about you. I find myself here again and again in everything I do nowadays. I feel suspicious of compliments, flattery, or any communication that singles out the individual. It brings a new meaning to the concept of humility. I feel a little silly that it took me so long to get here, but I really understand now why humility is queen of the virtues. Without humility, we're blocked from progress. Too much focus on the illusion of the self prevents the dissolution of that self and therefore prevents the connection with the collective whole. As I mentioned before, there is a piece of me that doesn't want to go too far into these depths. We're not here on Earth for that long, and I want to be here for it. But I also think I live better when I meditate more. Or maybe it's actually a question of meditating well. So I know that this life on Earth is connected to that place of meditation. But I am also wary of where adventures in consciousness could bring me. It may not be all good. It may all be a big joke, or rather, it may be full of jokes, pranks. For every bit that's serious, I think there is probably a corresponding silly part. I can't help but find a lot of silliness in it. If human nature is full of motivation to play pranks on one another, I mean, where did we get that from? As above, so below, right? have embraced the idea that we should not be praying for things, but rather to be united with the will of the universe. Famously, the wise person is ruled by the stars. To be conscious of the universe's will, and therefore able to connect with it, unite with it, burn with it, and act in it. That is what brings about everything a person might want. Music, being numbers in time, was once considered a science of numbers, part of the quadrivium, 
along with arithmetic, geometry, and astronomy. When we study it as a science and an art, it unifies aspects of ourselves we tend to divide. Polyhymnia, the muse of sacred song, was an icon for the sublime study of music. An art or science not intended for delight, amusement, or mere entertainment, but for divine contemplation. This singing, our stories tell us, can protect a person and offer wisdom. Why did I have the urge to sing to protect myself as a child? Why do I still do it when I'm afraid? And why does it work? Why have we studied these stories all our lives? if not to use them when we need them. I think now of Orpheus, who in the face of the deadly song of the sirens, brought a ship through the danger by making his own music, which is not a simple distraction, but rather a magical higher art, even a kind of alchemy a ritual of focusing consciousness and connecting deeply to something bigger. If one approaches it with the correct spirit, one can transcend connecting to a higher protection, even saving oneself from some of the greatest dangers. Meditation, prayer, divine contemplation, chant, charm, incantation. Credits. All music was either excerpted from online free libraries of royalty-free recordings in the public domain or created by me. From Muse Open. O Manu Mysterium by William Byrd, recorded by Ensemble Morales. Mit Fried und Freud ich fahr dahin, cantata for choir and orchestra by Buxtehude, Buxwerk Verzeichnis 76a. From freesound.org, Night Across the Stars by user Zenus, spelled X3NUS. Music in this episode was composed and performed by me. Text sources. Julian of Norwich, Psalm 121, music by me or chant oral tradition pointed by me, my faith it is an oaken staff, in contrafactum, 
with the tune by Amzi Chapin in text by Thomas Lynch.